Sports Town Podcast, or the STP Pod for short. No politics, no arguing, and no drama. Just two guys talking sports. I'm your host, JJ Peters. In today's episode, we'll discuss reaction to World Series game number one, week six NFL highlights, two a time in Miami, and Pacers find their next head coach, and much more. We're first going to dive into Kyle Larson getting reinstated by NASCAR. Former Chip Ganassi race car driver Kyle Larson has been reinstated by NASCAR. He can sign with any racing team in NASCAR on January 1st, 2021. As we all know, Larson was suspended by NASCAR after saying an appropriate word during an iRacing series that was aired live on Twitch. After the incident in April, Chip Ganassi racing team fired Kyle Larson. Since then, Larson has been driving in the Dirt Series and trying to get back to NASCAR. Larson went through sensitivity training and has apologized to NASCAR. After Larson wrote an apology letter, Bubba Wallace of the number 43 car was proud of him. At the moment, there are no reports on who Kyle Larson will sign with just yet. Does any team sign Larson for 2021? I think they do. Now, there have been multiple rumors that Hendrick Motorsports will sign him. And right now, that is the only seat available right now. Uh, there was reports that Stuart Hot Racing was very interested in Kyle Larson. However, they're going to replace Chase Briscoe with... Well, we're going to replace Chase Briscoe for Clint Boyer. So that's that's another one that I thought was going to happen, but it seems like right it's not going to happen now. Um, according to multiple sources, however, Chevy doesn't want anything to do with Kyle Larson. However, some of those rumors are rumored to be incorrect. Um, according to a source that said that Chevrolet is opening to having Kyle Larson join the Hendrick Motorsports team. As we all know, Jimmy Johnson is retiring this year. And, uh, and uh, excuse me, um, Alex Bowman will be replacing Jimmy Johnson in the number 48 car. So if Kyle Larson were to sign with Hendrick Motorsports, he would replace him in the 88 car. Now, we also know that Eric Amarola for Stuart Haas Racing re-signed him. And, of course, Chip Ganassi is not going to bring him back on the team. So I think right now it's probably going to be Hendrick Motorsports, but we'll see when it comes January and February. Can he return to form in 2021? I believe he will if he does if he does get signed, which I think he does, he will probably struggle early in the season. But once he gets back in the groove, he will be back to his regular form. In his career, the former number 42 car has six cup races and has 12 wins in the Xfinity and Truck Series. I believe Larson will struggle a little bit at first, but I think, after, as I said, I think he'll struggle at first, but then he'll find his groove and might even win a few races next season. But we're still months again away from the offseason. It's going to be very interesting when Larson does sign with the team and starts racing in NASCAR once again. Let's get a preview of the NBA free agency. Now, it's hard to hard to realize that the NBA free agency started on October 18th, which was Sunday. And, of course, as you know, an NBA free agency is a crazy time where a bunch of star players jump teams. But this year, there's not as many. And Anthony Davis is really the only name that a lot of people know much about. He's clearly the best free agent in somewhat of an awful 2020 free agency class. According to multiple rumors, he will likely opt out of his contract with the Lakers and sign the max with them. Um, some other guys you might need to keep an eye on is Fred Van Vliet of the Raptors. He could get a nice payday with Toronto or another team. If he wants to be just the main point guard, then I think he could. Of course, the Knicks and Nets are really looking into Fred Van Vliet. Or not the Nets, just the Knicks. I think there's a few other teams that include, um, I believe, the not the Wizards. There's a few other teams except besides the Knicks that are looking into him. I just can't think of the team right now. Um, Joe Harris of Brooklyn is solid. Uh, reigning six-man of the year, Montrezl Harrell. And Thunder forward Danilio Gallinari 
will get likely a nice contract before next season starts. So, and then we can't forget the sharp shooting sixth man, Davis Bertans could also be looking for a nice contract this season. Uh, my thoughts, again, it's crazy to think that free agency in the NBA started on Sunday and really no one's talked about it. Um, I know the free agency class again, isn't big this year, but I feel like, and I, but I feel like a lot of people have kind of forgotten about the NBA season because it feels like it was done months ago, but really in, in reality, it was only a week and a half ago, but we'll see what happens. I think it's going to be entertaining to see when we start getting alerts on our phones and our computers and stuff like that. When teams, when players sign with different teams, they'll kind of be shocked. You could also see guys like Giannis Antetokounmpo. He might get traded and we'll see what the Bucks want to do right now with, with our helping Giannis. Do they trade Chris Middleton for a guy like Damian Lillard? Uh, do they try to pair him? It's just going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, and then, of course, the last question is, again, is will is Anthony Davis going to remain a Laker? I think so. Uh, most everybody believes Anthony Davis will be in L.A. next season. According to multiple reports, Anthony Davis will opt out of his contract and sign the max with, with L.A. this season. Of course, as we all know, Davis was instrumental in helping the Lakers win their 17th title. A lot of analysts thought Davis should have won the finals MVP. I'm not an analyst, but I, I thought Davis should have won it. However, James ended up winning his fourth Bill Russell's finals MVP. Davis was traded to the Lakers, of course, as we all know, last June from New Orleans. AD is a top five player in the league right now and probably might be. Um, I don't think he's better than Giannis, but I definitely think he's in that same platform. Again, he's top five. Uh, Kawhi, LeBron, Giannis, the top three players, but I think Davis is somewhere in that four to five range. Uh, but we'll definitely see if he doesn't resign with the Lakers, which would just be ludicrous for him and his team. Um, the Bulls could maybe make a run at him. Knicks, of course, the Knicks, I think, are looking for him. Just anybody to play with their team right now because how bad that situation is and how bad the franchise is. But it's not going to likely happen. Davis will likely resign with the Lakers. And once again, L.A. will be a very tough team to beat next season. As I mentioned, Fred Van Vliet, Joe Harris, Montrez Harrell, Danilio Gallinari, Davis Bertans, they're all going to be interesting free agents to watch. Montres Harold, does he get a big contract? Is, I, there's rumors that Charlotte is really looking into him. Does he want to return to the Clippers? Because him and Paul George had some animosity last season towards each other. So we'll see what happens. But it's going to be very interesting come January, February, when the NBA season starts and how different teams will look from their previous form. All right, so let's get to week six NFL highlights. Uh, let's see. Let's start with the Steelers and Browns, the Pittsburgh Steelers coming into the game were four down looking to remain unbeaten. Cleveland was having one of their better seasons in a very, very long time. Four and one. I can't, I'm, I still can't, I can't see the Browns being four and one, even though they were just four and one. Uh, but they were looking to get the upset, but it was completely the opposite. Pittsburgh demolished the Browns. And once again, Chase Claypool, AKA Mapletron dominated. Big Ben threw for a modest 162 yards, and Chase Claypool added 74 yards in the air. James Conner rushed for over 100 yards and 28 times, while Kareem Hunt struggled and ended up with 40 yards. Baker Mayfield was underdressed the whole game and threw two picks. Mayfield was sacked four times, and Bud Despree, despite getting hurt, led the game in sacks. Final score, Pittsburgh absolutely demolishes the Cleveland Browns 38-7. to Unfortunately, that does come with some bad news for Pittsburgh fans. Bud Debris could be out for a while, maybe even the rest of the season for Pittsburgh. Not good news. Bears and Panthers. Now, this game was a lot better than people thought it would be. A lot of people didn't think the Panthers would be solid this year. Well, they're 3-2, and two, or they were 3-2 and two, against a Bears team that 
is four and one, but doesn't seem like they're four and one. But Nick Foles was looking for a second win as a starter for the Bears in 2020. However, the Panthers exceeded many expectations in the start and were looking to upset Chicago, but the Bears defense forced Teddy Bridgewater to throwing two picks. The Bears defense also got four sacks on the game. Nick Foles did, did enough to win the game and threw one touchdown pass to rookie tight end Cole Komet. DJ Moore led the game in receiving with 93 yards. Final score, the Bears 23, the Panthers 16. Titans-Texans, the Tennessee Titans continue their undefeated season with a win over their AFC rival, the Houston Texans, in overtime. Derrick Henry rushed for 212 yards. The guy is completely unstoppable. On 22 attempts and scored two touchdowns that included the winning one in overtime. Tannehill threw for 364 yards, which I believe is a season high for Tannehill, and four scores while Watson of Houston also threw for four scores and 335 yards. Will Fuller had 123 yards and six receptions in the loss versus the Titans. Simply put it, the Titans could not stop Derrick Henry as Henry rushed for the final touchdown that sealed the win for the Tennessee Titans. Final score, Tennessee 42, Houston 36. Patriots versus Broncos. This was supposed to be all Patriots, but it was not at all what people expected. The Denver Broncos upset New England Foxborough. As I said, not a lot of people saw that coming. The Patriots have started one of the worst seasons in the Bill Belichick era. With a loss to Denver, the Patriots and started their season 2-3 and three and are currently third in the AFC East. Philip Lindsay of the Denver Broncos got the start and rushed for 101 yards on 23 attempts. Drew Locke played solidly and threw for 189 yards. Jumping to the stat line, Cam Newton was shut down and only threw for 157 yards. Newton did, however, rush for 76 yards and scored a touchdown on 10 carries. Final score, Denver 18, New England 12. Ravens-Eagles. The Ravens escaped the Eagles in Philly on Sunday. Baltimore led the Eagles 24 to nothing at one point, but here come the battered Eagles and almost upset Baltimore. With fans of the game for the first time in the 2020 season, 2018 NLMB National Football League MVP Lamar Jackson threw for 186 yards and rushed for 108 yards. Jackson had one score on the air and the other on the ground. Carson Wentz threw for 187 yards and two scores, while Miles Sanders had nine carries for 118 yards. Final score, the Ravens 30, the Eagles 28. Tampa Bay blows past the pack. Tom Brady got an edge on, on the Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers with a big win for his Bucks. The Buccaneers defense forced Aaron Rodgers to throw two interceptions and sacked him four times. Jason Pierre-Paul and Levante David led the game in sacks. Also, Nadamakin Sue and Aaron Rodgers had some interesting words to say to each other during the game. Rodgers only threw for a measly 160 yards, 160 yards by only completing 16 of his 35 passes. Brady, on the other hand, threw for 166 yards and headed to score, headed to score on the day. Ronald Jones carried the rock for 113 yards, while Green Bay running back Jamal Williams only had 34 yards. Gronk had his first touchdown with Tampa Bay in first since 2018 and had 78 yards in receiving, and Devontae Adams led the Packers with 61 yards through the air. Final score, Tampa Bay 38, Green Bay 10. 49ers hold on to beat the Rams. Jimmy G, Jimmy G excuse me, bounced back from a terrible game last week. Garoppolo threw for 268 yards and three touchdowns on the day. Raheem Mostert had 65 yards and 17 attempts, and Jared Goff threw for 188, 188 yards. Daryl Henderson at 88 yards on the ground, and Tyler Higby had 56 yards receiving. Aaron Donald had no sacks in the game versus San Francisco. Final score, 49ers 20, the Rams 16.
The Kansas City Chiefs muscle past the Bills. Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs rebound from a tough loss against the Raiders last week with the win over Buffalo. Mahomes had two touchdowns. Clyde Edwards-Elair had 161 yards on the ground, and Demarcus Robinson led the way in receiving at 69 yards. Josh Allen didn't play great, but threw for two scores. He also led the team in rushing at 42 yards. And Stephon Diggs finished the game with 46 yards and one TD. The Bills aren't ready for primetime just yet. However, the Bills still need the Dolphins, or still lead, excuse me, the Dolphins in the AFC East by one game. Final score, the Chiefs 26, the Bills 17. Arizona flies all over the Cowboys defense. The Arizona Cardinals look like the real deal versus the struggling Dallas Cowboys defense. The cards completely destroyed the Cowboys on Monday night. Kyler Murray threw for 180 yards and Kenyon Drake rushed for 164 yards. And Christian Kirk had two touchdowns on two receptions. Andy Dalton threw a pick, but did throw for 266 yards. Turnovers were a massive problem for Zeke. He had two in the first half and only rushed for 50 yards. Amari Cooper finished the game with seven receptions for 79 yards and one touchdown. Final score, the Cardinals 38, the Cowboys 10. Now we head, or now we're going to talk about Joey Logano stealing a win at Kansas Speedway. Logano edged out Kevin Harvick for the Hollywood Casino 400. Logano of the number 22 car steered in victory lane at Kansas Speedway on Sunday. The 2018 NASCAR Cup champion is looking for a second title in three years. There is a good chance that Logano could capture the cup in the bizarre 2020 season. The rest of the top five are Kevin Harvick, Alex Bowman, Brad Keselowski, and Kyle Busch. My first thoughts were, I really thought Kevin Harvick would steal into victory lane after having at Kansas Speedway last Sunday. Joey Logano came out of nowhere, though, to steal a spot in the shootout at Phoenix in early November, which is in two weeks. Logano is clearly not having the season he had in 2018, but he still has a chance to win the NASCAR Cup. With the win last week at Kansas Speedway, it is his third win this season. It's crazy to think that Kevin Harvick and Denny Hamlin have dominated the season, but Joey Logano still has a chance to win amazing. What happened to Kevin Harvick? To be honest, I'm not sure. After the race was over, Kevin Harvick stated that Joey Logano is a good blocker. Logano passed Harvick in the final 50 laps of the race, but even with Harvick not being able to win at Kansas, he still has a very good chance to win the cup this season. It's also interesting to point out that Harvick hasn't won since on since Bristol or hasn't won since Bristol on September 16th. Although it's going to be hard for anybody to beat Harvick for the championship this season. Can Chase Elliott stay alive in the playoff race? It's amazing what can happen in just a matter of one week in NASCAR. Chase Elliott was in a very good position to make it a championship four. However, with Logano winning, he is now finding himself in fifth place and might just miss out on the championship four. As we all know, Elliott had a problem with his radio, which caused him to finish out of the top five. As of now, I don't think Elliott will make it to the championship. Next week, NASCAR heads to Texas Motor Speedway for the Texas 500, and we'll find out who joins Joey Logano for the championship four. It's Tua time in Miami. The Miami Dolphins have officially named rookie quarterback Tua Tungavaloa the starting quarterback for week eight contest versus the Rams on November 8th. Despite the Dolphins being three and three and Ryan Fitzpatrick playing great, the Dolphins have decided to rock with the rookie quarterback. The former fifth overall pick in the 2020 draft played five snaps in week six win versus the Jets. Excuse me, not six. He played five snaps in week six wins versus the Jets. It was during the fourth quarter when Tua played. Tua finished the day two for two and, and nine yards. The Alabama product is super excited and has started and has stated that Ryan Fitzpatrick has been a tremendous role model for him. According to Tua, Fitzpatrick will tell him what happened after every drive despite it being good or bad. The Dolphins have a bye this week. My first thoughts are, it's a little bizarre to start a rookie when, you're, when your veteran quarterback's playing so well. 
The Dolphins are 3-3 three and three and only one game out from first in the AFC East. I understand that Tua is your future and he's healthy, but I would keep rocking with the hot hand in Fitzpatrick. All, and plus, I thought the Dolphins were going to redshirt Tungavaloa this season. The Dolphins do have a bye this week, and I guess that is what the plan was when the season started. Tungavaloa will have a very tough game in his debut as starting quarterback in the National Football League. Is Miami making the right choice? In my opinion, they are not. I do think Tungavaloa will be very successful, but I think they need to redshirt him, not play him this season. He's too valuable to get hurt again. Plus, playing against the Rams in his debut is not at all a smart decision. Tungavaloa will have to compete against the best defensive player in the league, and I think that could rattle the former Alabama product. Tua did look good against the Jets during the late stages of the fourth quarter during their blowout win. I still think that this is too early for the rookie, and I'm not sure it will end very well for either side. You also have to ask yourself, do the Dolphins really want to succeed this season? Does Tua succeed? I think he will do well in the future, but not this season. The Dolphins are only one game back with the Bills for first in the AFC East. It does kind of remind me of what the New York Giants did with Eli Manning back in 2004. The Giants had a 500 record and gave Eli Manning the keys. Manning struggled early, but eventually found success and won two roles with the Giants. So I could see Miami struggling at first with Tungavaloa, but then succeeding in the future. Not sure the Dolphins can win a Super Bowl, but I could, they could do something similar to that. The Pacers have found their next head coach. Some big news in the world of basketball. The Indiana Pacers have shocked many by hiring Raptors assistant Nate Bjorkren. Bjorkren was the assistant with the Raptors in 2018 to 2020 and helped lead Toronto to their first NBA championship. Borgren also spent time as an, with the Suns as an assistant from 2015 to 2017. From 2011 to 2015, Borgren was a coach in the G League. His all-time record was 126-74 and 74 in the G League. He was an assistant under Nick Nurse when the Iowa Energy won the G League championship back in 2011. According to CBS Sports basketball analyst Avery Johnson, Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry helped make the decision that Borgren was the guy to coach the Indiana Pacers. This is a very interesting hire, to say the least. I really didn't know much about Bjorken, or probably most Raptors fans. Um, or not most Raptors fans. Most Pacers fans probably didn't know about him. And I don't even know much Raptors fans, to be honest, know, knew much about Bjorken. Uh, he's definitely had a storied career as a coach in the NBA. From his coaching in the G League to being an assistant to a few teams in the league, I also did not, re did not realize that Lowry and Borkren had a great relationship. According to players that have played under him, that he is very upbeat and encouraging all the time. A team needs that when they have lost in the first round for five straight seasons. Was it a good hire by the Pacers? I think they could have done better. I think Borkren will succeed, but the question is what happens in the postseason. Um, I do think they could have got a better name like a Mike D'Antoni or even an Alvin Gentry or Brent Brown or even a college coach like a Bill Self maybe, but it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, the Pacers are usually good, as I said, in the regular season, but they always seem to struggle in that first round in the playoffs. So Borkman will need to be able will need to be able to have Indiana take the next step in order for them to compete for a championship. How will Nate Bjorkman do as a head coach in the NBA? It's really hard to say right now. I think he will be successful in the regular season, just like all the other coaches in Indiana, but I just don't know at this current time, if he will succeed, I think it's too early to decide the off season has started. So we'll have to see what they do in the winter before the season starts. The Pacers still don't know if they're going to trade Victor Oladipo is miles Turner going to take that next step as a big man. Is TJ Warren as good as he was in the bubble? All those questions they have to ask and more before the season tips off in January.
last but not least, the L.A. Dodgers dominate the Tampa Bay Rays in game one. Game one of the 2020 World Series happened at Global Life Park in Arlington, Texas. Last night, it was just the second time in MLB, MLB history that the World Series was played at a neutral site, similar to how the Super Bowl is played every year. The two best teams, or sorry, the Super Bowl usually is played every year um, in a neutral site, so it, was kind of, it kind of felt like that a little bit. The two best teams in baseball squared off as the LA Dodgers took on the Tampa Bay Rays. The highlight of the game are coming up right now. It started out as a pitching duel when Clayton Kershaw of the Dodgers took on Tyler Glasnow of the Tampa Bay Rays. Both pitchers finished the game with eight strikeouts. However, it was Kershaw that lasted longer. Glasnow only pitched a five and a third after allowing four runs. Kershaw lasted six innings and only allowed one run on two hits. It started out as the 2019 NL MVP Cody Bellinger hit a two-run shot in the fourth to make it a 2 nothing lead Dodgers. Then in the fifth, Tampa Bay center fielder Kevin Keimer had a solo shot that trimmed LA's lead. That score didn't last very long. The Dodgers brought in four runs that included Mookie Betts and Corey Seager. After allowing so many runs, the Rays moved Tyler Glass now. L.A. would score two more runs in the sixth to make it an 8-1 lead thanks to a homer by none other than Mookie Betts. Tampa Bay would score two runs in the seventh to trim the Dodgers' lead once again. At this point, it was 8-3 Tampa Bay, or 8-3 L.A. L- Tampa Bay had a huge chance in the seventh, but unfortunately had a double play and went 1-2-3 both in the eighth and ninth. Final score? The L.A. Dodgers take game one, 8-3. Well, that's a wrap for this amazing episode. Thanks for listening to the Sports Town Podcast, or the STP Pod for short. We release new episodes every Wednesday and Friday. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and much more.